Welcome into the student section season two episode 21 and perhaps our biggest show of the year our 2018 NCAA tournament bracket preview Matt Murphy joined in our New York studio by Tom Scabelli and Dan DiOrio and we had to bring back a former student section host for this one James Decker on the phone with us James good to have you back considering last year you kind of ran point on this episode leading into the tournament and by our humble opinion and all our humble accounts, that was probably the best episode of the year for us. I, I appreciate that sentiment, and I was not going to miss the show for the world. I'm a kid that when I was when I was growing up, I would take the I wouldn't be sick all year long just so I could take that Thursday and Friday of the tournament off, <laughs> just so I could watch like my favorite teams like get upset in the first round. And still to this day, Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament are probably my two favorite days of the year. So I'm excited for this episode. And the last, at least last year, we were on spring break. This time we'll have to navigate around our class schedule, which throws a little bit of a wrench in it. But hopefully we don't make the people wait on this show as, for our bracket breakdown as this, the actual selection show made us wait yesterday with the alphabetical order listing. I think everyone was disappointed with the way that the bracket was revealed yesterday. I thought it was interesting, but I found it hard to keep track of which team was in and out. And I felt like they were a little bit behind they would make the announcement, and you'd see another team's logo, and it was very confusing on the selection show. Definitely. Dan made a good point to me while we were watching it, where they should have had a notable omissions thing. And, like, I, I people didn't realize who was out. And so, I mean, I guess if you were a fan of the team and you didn't see them pop up, you're pretty upset. But, you know, like, I didn't realize that Louisville – Louisville, I said that weird. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> I didn't realize that Louisville was out until Ernie Johnson was like, oh, like, if you realize, like – we just passed L. That means Louisville's out. I think that was just very anticlimactic. And, Dan, before you jump in here, I want to give you and James Decker a quick shout-out. We're recording this on Monday night, putting it out tomorrow morning, so we're one day behind the selection show. And Ernie Johnson gave both of your guys' favorite football team a shout-out, the Buffalo Bills, he said, instead of the Buffalo yeah, Bulls. I noticed that. I pointed <laughs> that out to Tom right after it happened. But, yeah, I do agree with Tom. I think that the format of the show was a little uh, questionable. I was sweating it out, hoping my Bonnies didn't get snubbed like they did a couple years ago, and I wasn't sure if I should be waiting for S.A. to be called, as in right. Saint, or S.T., as in the abbreviated right. version of St. Bonaventure. Fortunately, they did get in, but, you know, that's, like, just one of the things you have to worry about, so. And I did hear someone saying they, they thought Nevada got snubbed because they put North Carolina State before them, right. but it was N.C. before N.E., which was definitely a weird way to do it, so Bonnies had to worry about that, too, but... Fortunately for their their passionate fan base, they'll be in Dayton for the first four. I guess, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, they got to play that extra game. But we've seen that work in the past. The Hurley videos were cool. Both of their the coaches, Danny and Bobby, getting in. And the other side of that, before we get into the brackets and region-by-region region breakdown on this episode, the picture of Nick King from Middle Tennessee State was just a, a punch to the gut. I don't know if, James, did you see that, the picture? Yeah, of that, that, was, that was the, I think John Rothstein called it the, the wrong, or the, Dark the dark side, side. yeah. Yeah, that, that that was a sad thing to look at, but that's the nature of conference tournaments. Sometimes a team that dominates their entire conf conference all season long gets upset. That's that's why we love March for the highs and the lows. My only comment on the selection show is that it's all, almost everyone's, every college basketball fan's favorite hour of television every year, so why tinker with it at all? That's my only comment. Exactly. Why why fix something that isn't broken? And that, at all. I, I know we don't want to spend too much time on who got in and who didn't, but Middle Tennessee being out and a team like Syracuse being in is so infuriating. Middle Tennessee did everything they could. They had the 13th hardest non-conference schedule, schedule in the country, and they just couldn't win their conference tournament. I get it. You probably just should win it. It's a weak conference, but I think they would have made it much more entertaining than you know more of the same in Syracuse. And also with uh, Notre Dame not being in, Notre Dame – beat Syracuse this year head-to-head. -head. I know head-to-head's not the end-all, be-all. They beat Syracuse without Bonte Colson and without Matt Farrell in, in the same game. So, I mean, obviously we could spend a lot of time on that, but we won't because now it's all eyes on who is in the bracket and, and the matchups that have shaken out from that. Let's start, if you're taking a look at your bracket, in the top left, the South region. The number one overall seed, Virginia Cavaliers, Everyone's saying they were not given any favors here because of the presence of a lot of conference champions in this bracket, in, in their individual bracket. You've got Arizona in there as the four, Kentucky in there as a five seed, Cincinnati not the, the best two seed, but overall Virginia was really not given any favors. And James, I know your Davidson Wildcats are in here as a 12, but this is not the 12-5 upset that, that I'm picking with them going up against Kentucky because Kentucky's one of the other loaded teams in there with Virginia. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Bob McKillop supporter, a big 
Rusty Regal supporter. We're probably the official <laughs> Rusty Regal podcast. Oh yeah, of He's North, North America. So yeah, I, I would put Davidson's going past maybe other than West Virginia past the other two number five seeds. But I think Kentucky's peaking at the right time. So this I, this is a tough matchup for Davidson, but they, they could they could they could do it. I mean they're extremely well in the A10 tournament. Kellen Grady. For those who may not have watched much Davidson this year, Kellen Grady is playing like Steph Curry did. Like he is a, almost a splitting image of what Steph Curry was at Davidson. So he's going to be he could be a guy that makes the one shining moment montage at the end a couple of times and hits a couple of big shots. But the, I, my biggest impression from the South region is I think Arizona may be the most poorly seated team in the whole NCAA tournament yeah. field. I think they're at least a two or a three. Absolutely. And Tom, Kellen Grady, quickly to jump on that point from Davidson, he's a guy that we called a game for live this year. I think you, you said to me after the game, best individual performer, one of the best individual performance that we've seen so far this year. He's had a bunch of 30-point games or close to 30-point games. So maybe not the right draw for Davidson, but overall there's just so many good teams, including that Kentucky team that the Davidson Wildcats drew. The bottom of this region gets kind of interesting for me. I think this could be, of all four regions where things kind of shake loose a little bit. I think Cincinnati's a vulnerable two, and every year at least one of the twos doesn't make it to the second weekend. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see how much tougher the top half of the region is than the bottom half of the region. I would love to see either Kentucky or Arizona you know, a little bit. I'd love to see Arizona as the three maybe, and then I could pick them over Cincinnati. But Cincinnati, I think, isn't a team that I'm super high on. But I've said all season long, I think they're a team that beats the teams that they should beat. And I think all the teams, really, in that lower half of the region, they should beat. I mean, Nevada, I know, nope. is a team that— Full I, disclosure, I've got Nevada beating Cincinnati. See, I actually got round. Texas in the first I think round. Texas is going to beat Nevada as well. I think Cincinnati can beat Texas. Cincinnati, I mean, there's something to be said for only losing four games all season. I don't think they're a great national champion pick. But I do think that they got a pretty good draw. And sometimes I think I overthink it too much and I try to pick an upset pick. I think Cincinnati's the best team in that bottom half of the region. And I think they have an easier walk to the Elite Eight than Virginia does. And as we're here on uh, Monday night, Mo Bamba has said that he's 100%. That does change things. But if Nevada can get by Texas, I know they've been struggling. They struggled in the Mountain West Conference Tournament without Lindsey Drew. They've got length, and they've got the Martin Twins, and offensively, they're just so efficient and so good. And I like Eric Musselman as a head coach. If they can get by Texas, I think if they get into a shootout with Cincinnati, it's hard to score points on Cincinnati, but Cincinnati really has trouble scoring the basketball themselves. I like Nevada to uh, to get to the Sweet 16 in the bottom half of this bracket, and that kind of creates more chaos for me. So I think Tennessee could squeak all the way to the Elite Eight. Dan, how are you feeling about this South yeah, bracket? You know, I, I agree with everything both you and Tom said. I've been kind of down on Cincinnati all year. I don't know why. I don't even really have the stats to back it up. But just doesn't strike me as a team that is capable of going very far in this tournament, which, of course, now that I said that, they're gonna they're, that's going to happen. But I think Tennessee is the team here to watch in the bottom half of the South bracket. I think that their great performance in the SEC uh, tournament – uh, is going to prepare them very well for this. And I think that there's not really any big-time big teams in there. So it's either going to be Cincinnati or Tennessee that's going to make a deep run. Or you never know, those teams could get knocked off, and it, we could see a Cinderella come from there. But I do agree that it should be Arizona as the three seed because that would have made this bracket way more entertaining. All right, how about I come back to you guys for your regional final and your pick for the final four. The one thing I want to bring up here is now – I did some more research into picking Nevada to go to the Sweet 16 stats-wise, but also some of it is kind of reputation-wise. And actually, Riggs from Barstool, who we, who we had on in the preseason as a guest, in one of his blogs that he pumped out this week, he said that he talked to some of the Cincinnati coaches or staff members. He didn't say right. coaches. And they said going into the field before it was announced, a team they did not want to see early in the tournament was Nevada because they think Nevada's offense poses some, some problems for their defense. So that's just something to consider here. James, but really I think the overarching storyline is how, how much people trust Virginia in this South region and if they can make their first Final Four or if they can make to the Final Four Tony Bennett to his first Final Four and if Arizona can get Sean Miller to his first Final Four, those two teams trying to break through out of here. Yeah, I think the, the, there's a great potential Sweet 16 matchup in, in this region. I think it's either going to be Virginia versus Kentucky or Virginia versus Arizona, and I totally agree that the bottom half of this, I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami, Tennessee, Nevada, Texas, or Cincinnati get out of the bottom of that region. Royal Chicago is kind of a trendy upset pick that I've seen early on from people to beat Miami. But 
I think Nevada, the biggest thing is that they left the bad taste in pretty much everyone's mouth with that mountain. I don't know if you guys watched the Mountain West Championship. Yeah. It was over within about legitimately four or five minutes into the game. San Diego State really kind of blew the doors off them. They kind of had their number all season long, but I just have a hard time not picking Virginia to go all the way through this region. I know Kentucky is trending upward. I think Arizona is trending upward as well, but I just think that they, I mean, they, they're always thought of as just a defensive team, most scoring games, but they can score the ball. And their offense is not as bad as I think some people may think. I think it just gets overshadowed by how good their defense is. So what's your what's your regional final and your, your team coming out? I have Tennessee against Virginia with Virginia winning that game relatively easily. Okay, and then I'll go to you guys for that now. I'm going to go Virginia. I think that, like I said, it's a tough draw, but I think Arizona will beat Kentucky. Virginia-Arizona will be a great game, and DeAndre Ayton is the most talented player on either side. But the way to beat Virginia is hot shooting, especially from three. We saw it with Malachi Richardson a couple years ago on Syracuse. I don't think Arizona has that type of shooting. I mean, I know Alonzo Trier. But Parker Jackson Cartwright's 42% from he three can as shoot their point too, But he does, he's not a guy that you can really expect to drop maybe 25 points per game. I don't think he may hit a couple of threes. Arizona's offense runs through DeAndre Ayton, and no team in the country does a better job defending the post and the paint oh, they'll, than Virginia. They'll double Ayton, but he's a, an incredible passer. And I think Alonzo Trier would have a, a big game against Virginia, and I think Raleigh Alkins could have a big game against Virginia as well with Ayton passing out of the post. They, they could, but I think... I think this Virginia team is just a little bit different. I, I think, you know, thir- the fact they're 31 and 2, I mean, wins and losses do kind of matter a little bit. And they don't matter the end all be all, but they played the, in the hardest conference in America and they only lost two games the entire season. That's incredible. They have some guys that can score the basketball. Uh, Guy, Jerome, Hall, Wilkins inside. I think this team's a little bit different than past teams. Tony Bennett has talked about it where they may not have the most individual talent they've ever had, but this could be the most cohesive, closest, and tight group that they've ever had, and they play best as a team. So Tom's got Virginia, Virginia advancing. And I think Cincinnati is just has a pretty easy walk to the elite. So I got Virginia over Cincinnati chalk in Vir- that bracket. Virginia over Cincinnati chalk in the first of your 10 brackets that yeah, you fill so out. Yeah, so you guys like to give me heat, but I fill out a Sunday night bracket. I then fill out a gut bracket, a gut plus, uh, uh, sorry, a research bracket, a gut plus research bracket, then a combination of all of them, then a secondary official bracket, then an official bracket. Shaking my head. Pathetic. Pathetic. That is just a joke. Dan, you, you're you're a true one bracket guy, so what are you feeling yeah, you in your terms of your to final? Me, you can't brag about your bracket if you have I just like to make a lot. No, but I'll brag about my main bracket at the you end of the day. You don't submit those. You, well, that's, right, well, your, that's your step to getting to one bracket? In Yes. Okay, so as long as you're submitting one, that's fine. Right, if that's, I hear one time this March in one of my brackets I had this, No, my I'm official done. one will be, will be my final. And whether the one I give tonight ends up being my official one, I don't know. We'll see. I like to see as the week goes on. But I'll make this promise. When we're on student section, I will only talk about the bracket that I make tonight. Wow, that's such a good okay. promise. It's almost like what everyone else is going to do. All right, are you chalky here? No, actually, I'm not chalky at all. I think I think I don't see UVA reaching the Final Four, and I know that that's just the. Neither gut. do I. Spoiler alert. It's a gut feeling for me, and I should probably mention that these picks are subject to change. Oh, what? What? You're giving me heat, and you're just saying yours could change too. Yeah, I'm not gonna have 12 brackets. I may change one I'm, or two games. I'm pretty set on my final four. At least I haven't made my semifinal picks. We'll get there. We're only still in the first quadrant here. So I th- I think that it's gonna come down to the winner of Arizona and Kentucky, and I like Kentucky in that game. Oh, that's a hot take. I haven't seen that much so far in the early bracket choices here. I just think that Arizona it has has past history of struggling in the tournament, and I know this year they faced a lot of adversity, and they still kind of had a great uh, end of the. season season, but I think Kentucky is the team that's going to get it done. They're getting hot at the right time. Calipari has great coaching experience, and again, I know I always mention, Final Four coaching experience is what counts in, or, in order to get back to the Final Four. So I like Kentucky to beat Tennessee. Again, not not very high on Cincinnati this year, so I think they could be the two-seed knocked out early. I'm going Kentucky over Tennessee. Kentucky makes the Final Four. I have night sweats every year about picking how far Kentucky should go in the tournament. <laughs> They're the hardest team every single year you to know, pick. It's like they can win the championship, they get bounced in the first round. It's weird because this is not the the best Kentucky uh, team we've seen. Actually, They're hot, though. Probably the one, of the, one of the worst we've seen in a couple of years based on just talent. And I think that this team is going to go further than some of those teams of years past. 
And I've actually got Arizona beating Kentucky in that really good Sweet 16 matchup and then them beating Virginia and then them beating Tennessee to get Sean Miller to a Final Four. Before we move down to the bottom left in the West region, James, you brought up Loyola-Chicago against Miami in the 6-11 game. I think that and Creighton-Kansas State 8-9, two interesting games. So quickly, what do you have in those games? Because the 8-9 game, we get Marcus Foster against his old team, Kansas State, where he was dismissed from the program. That should be a classic 8-9. And then the 6-11's been a trendy upset pick with Loyola. Yeah, Loyola-Chicago is a very good team. And Miami... I saw one tweet recently that I agreed with and said you have to be wary of teams that they they dealt with a late injury, so what they are right now does not reflect the seed that they are. So I would Miami, I think, at with their current roster is more like an eight or nine themselves. And Loyola is a very good, very good mid major. So I will take Loyola Chicago in that game. As far as the eight nine Creighton Kansas State, I'm just gonna I I went back and this is one of those back and forth games, just yeah. like Nevada Texas for me. I'm going to officially play Creighton in that game. I think they're. Te- I, was, I'm, I think the Big East is just slightly better than the Big Twelve. I know Big Twelve is pretty much every. I, Tom, you said ACC earlier. I feel like Big Twelve is usually people's most common best conference in college basketball pick, but I just think Creighton edges out Kansas State there. But one of the main reasons why I think Virginia gets past Kentucky or Arizona is because Kentucky has Davidson round one. You know how I feel about how good. Davidson can challenge Kentucky. Arizona has Buffalo. That is not going to be an oh, easy yeah. game for Arizona. Buffalo is another one of those teams that I thought could have been at 12 or even an 11, and they're at a 13. I like Buffalo. I just didn't really like the draw with Arizona. I think Creighton will beat Kansas State as well. I, I was big on Kansas State during our podcast this year, but they've got an injury to Dean Wade, who's kind yeah, of a stretch, a stretch shooter. Yeah, so that's tough, and, and Brown as well is a little banged up. So let's move down just for the sake of time. We'll go to the West region, bottom left on your bracket. Xavier, I guess considered the weakest number one seed in this in this tournament. North Carolina somehow with 10 losses is the highest number two seed in the field. The three and the four are a hot Michigan team who's been off for quite some time and then a strong Gonzaga team at number four. We could go through all the seeds, but we won't. Maybe they'll come up throughout our discussion here. I've been surprised so far, at least, at the early love for Gonzaga in this region. I mean, I know they just came off a national championship appearance and that factors in. in But they weren't talked about as much during the regular season this year as being so good, and now everyone's kind of sending them Elite Eight, even Final Four in some cases. Yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to have – I'll go pretty much – Well, we know you're a big Gonzaga guy. Yeah, I've I've I'll say it right from the start. I have Gonzaga and Michigan getting through. We'll get into individual games why, but I have Gonzaga, Michigan in the in my regional final on this one. And I do have Gonzaga reaching the regional final as well. I I'm not crazy about Xavier, and I think that's where Dan will jump in shortly with his ex love. I I don't know if he's fallen off as well based on their Big East tournament performances. I know they struggled against Villanova in the regular season this year, but a guy like Trayvon Blewett can get it done on the big stage. I just think that their draw is tough, and it's interesting for Gonzaga here in the top half of this bracket because they could have rematches. That's a big storyline in the south, in the West for me, excuse me. Rematches from last year's tournament. Gonzaga played South Dakota State in the first round last year, could see them in the second. They beat them by 20. They played Xavier in the regional final last year. They took care of Xavier. They could play them in the Sweet 16. And they played UNC in the national championship last year, and they could see them in the regional final here. So they could see a bunch of teams they saw last season. But I, if Xavier is going to be one of them, I don't know if they have enough. Yeah, honestly, I'm not big on Xavier in this bracket either, and I'm not sure why it is. I've seen people on Twitter that make some great points. Like, this is the same Xavier core that we've seen last year, and they went to, what, the Elite Eight last year? So, talented team. They Chris have, Mack's your boy. I love Chris Mack. I think uh, Xavier was great in the Big East this year, obviously. But, you know, I think I think their luck comes to an end against Gonzaga. And Matt, I know you were uh, skeptical. I'm one of the Gonzaga believers. Um, I just think that they get it done in the tournament every year. It feels like, and they're one of the safest bets. So it's not that I'm skeptical. I did say I do have them going to the to the Elite Eight and meeting at UNC there and falling short. Really, spoiler alert there with my Final Four pick. But I just think that I was surprised to see so many other people putting them that far. Yeah. And, Tom, I don't know. You're still in the beginning stages of your 10-stage prep process. I don't know how no, you feel. I, I, this is my least favorite region for sure. Every year I feel like there's one region that's just a lot worse than the others. And I think that this is that region this year. I really wish that either Kansas, Duke, or Michigan State, I think all of them being in the same region, which we'll get to last, is really like criminal. I wish that... 
they were separated. I wish one of those teams was in this right. region so I could saving, pick them to go to the final saving four. Saving the best for last, the best region for last. Yeah, on definitely. Show. So I also, I'll follow Decker here. I had Gonzaga and Michigan also in the Elite Eight. Uh, UNC, I think, is getting slept on a little bit. I, mean, I think a lot of people are discounting them just because they have 10 losses, but they still are a talented team. Obviously, they have tournament experience going to the championship games the last two years. And I like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is going to be the region we could see a crazy team get to the Final Four. And I really am not in love with my Michigan pick. And I'll tell you straight up, my official bracket may have a different Final Four than Michigan. But right now, I like Michigan a lot. Uh, I think they're playing well. John Beeline's one of the best coaches in the country. So Michigan's my Final Four pick out of here. James, the layoff for Michigan and Ohio State even in this region, they're the five playing South Dakota State, which is an upset that a lot of people are taking with Mike Dom, including myself. I've got the Jackrabbits beating Ohio State. But Michigan is another team from the Big Ten that played their conference tournament seemingly forever ago, and they've had a long layoff. So it'll be interesting to see how John Beeline has his guys ready to go. You seem to be of the belief that many are and that they could that they'll be fine after this. Yeah, well last year I made the mistake of going against Michigan in the first round after they clearly had tons of momentum going into the Big Ten going through the Big Ten tournament. Oklahoma State, right? You were high on? Yeah, I was high on Brad Underwood and he left the You team. got him to the final minutes. four, I remember. <laughs> yeah, fifteen minutes after the game he was gone. That was the main reason why I took Oklahoma State. But so yeah, I'm basically not going to try and make that same mistake twice and watch them lose to Montana in the first round after I do it this time. <laughs> but I, it is curious what the long layoff's going to do. I, I have a hard time thinking it's going to be. If there's a rust factor, it'll be maybe the first three minutes of the game and then the, against Montana, and then they'll figure it out, and all of a sudden they're back on the same playing field as everyone. Second round against Houston or San Diego State could be interesting. You never know about Rob Gray, uh, his coaching tactics. Hey, for, I've been for watching Houston. a lot of Houston recently, James, so I feel James, pretty well versed with the team now. I have San Diego State winning that game. James, I, I, I don't, I don't know if you heard our last episode, but Dan had a little mix-up. He thought the coach of Houston was Rob Gray. We don't want to call him out too much for it. I guess it's happening right now, but he's no, had, roast me. We I brought him up mistake. on one-on-one Saturday <laughs> and, too. And he wasn't bro, even there to defend himself. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know anything about American basketball prior to last. All week, of American. So. Like, Basketball? Like USA basketball? <laughs> Unbelievable. No, but anyway, Dan now knows that Rob Gray, the reason people talk about him is because he scores a lot of points for Houston. He's not the coach. But I, that's an interesting first-round game. James, you brought up San Diego State before when we talked about Nevada in the last region, and now we've got them going against Houston. That's a tough 6-11, and you said you've got the Aztecs. Yeah, I'm going to take San Diego State, and then I think that's one of the reasons why I have Michigan going so far is that I think that's a very favorable second-round matchup. Michigan against San Diego State. I think San Diego State's Mountain West tournament conference gets them past. I'm not. I'm just not that big of an American conference guy. I have a hard time backing Cincinnati. The only time I, the only team I trust going deep from that conference is Wichita State. I'm not sure if I trust. But even that's just because I'm not sure if I trust, trust Wichita State that much because they didn't look that good in the American conference tournament. So I think it's just bias on my end. But I do have San Diego State getting through. And we'll get to Wichita State in the East region in just a minute or two but so I've got UNC beating Gonzaga in the regional championship final a rematch of last year's national championship I agree Tom I think UNC's being slept on a little bit I know they couldn't pull off the win over Virginia in the ACC championship game but I, I just like UNC and three straight and they've fours, played though. they've played yeah, that that's true they've played Michigan this year who they could potentially see in the sweet 16 they took care of Michigan I know that was a while ago but a lot of the, the rematches that I've set up in my bracket, I've gone with the team that won the first time, whether it was last season in the tournament or whether they played previously this season. And that UNC over Michigan Sweet 16 game is a case where I did that. But I've got them beating Gonzaga as well to get to the Final Four. And you said... I have Michigan over Gonzaga. And James has Michigan... And I have Gonzaga, Gonzaga over over Michigan, right? James over... has Gonzaga over Michigan. Yeah, and Dan has Gonzaga over UNC. Yeah. Okay. So I had a hard time going against UNC for the record. Luke May does not get talked about enough. Period. If you look at his numbers for the, from this year, and you put them next to Caleb Swanigan from last year, I actually don't know those numbers off the top of my head, but I'm assuming that they're going to be very close. Seems like a random some, guy to throw out if you didn't have the numbers. <laughs> he has. He has some. Luke May has some monster numbers. I'm just saying that because Caleb Swanigan was as yeah. hyped as anyone last year, and Luke May I think has similar numbers, and he does not get talked about enough well last year in our composite bracket we did have unc winning it all and obviously that came to be true so our composite bracket which we'll release i guess later this week where it's a combination of all of our picks maybe we'll be correct on the national champion again let's go up top to the right this is villanova's east region boston will be the site for the the sweet 16 
and Elite Eight, so I'm sure Nova Nation will show out should they get there. Overall, this region, I don't know if people have decided if it's an easy path or a hard path for Villanova, because I know some people were jumping on it right away saying it was an easy path, and others were saying it was hard, and a lot of people think that it's a collision course between the one and the two, Villanova and Purdue. Yeah, here's the thing with this bracket, and I, I either read this somewhere or watched it, I don't remember, I've been taking in a lot of content, so I, I'm sorry I can't credit it, but someone brought up a good point where a lot of people look at this and they think, oh, Villanova has an easy draw because Purdue is considered a relatively weak two, Texas Tech is considered a relatively weak three, Wichita State kind of a weak four, but here's the thing, Villanova's only going to play Purdue or Texas Tech once, and that would be in the Elite Eight if it's even them. I think it's a tough draw for Villanova because of the 8-9 game. Virginia Tech is a team that me and Matt, I know, are both really high on, with Justin Robinson especially. He's a really good guard. And Alabama, Colin Sexton, you can make the case. How are they a 9C with 15 losses? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of maybe an eye test thing with Colin Sexton being like one of the best players in the country. But both those teams have feel like feel like teams that can maybe beat Villanova in a round of 32. I have Villanova advancing past both of them because when Villanova's on, they're the best team in the country. But it is a game where I think it's tough, so I don't think it's an easy draw for Villanova, mainly because of that 8-9 matchup. Dan, can we jump back quickly, and then I'll get your take on the East region to the West, because Missouri is the 8. We talked 8-9 games in this one with Colin Sexton. Michael Porter Jr. is back from Missouri, and I know on our last show you said in your, your mock bracket that you'd have Missouri with an 8-9 win and then a win over a number one seed. How are you feeling about Missouri and MPJ? You know, now that the bracket has been released and everything's kind of shaken out, I don't really like that at all. I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. struggled a little bit in the one game that I watched him play so far. Um, but, you know, that's just one one upset that I think is going to be trendy. I think a lot of people are going to have Missouri over Xavier just because it's a big-name player. But I'm not so yeah. I'm not sold, and I'm I could sold. even see Florida State winning in the first round. Yeah, I was tough. That was an eight nine one that I had to think about as well. I, I will pick Missouri to win a game, but I don't see them beating Xavier. So sorry to jump back for anyone that's following region by region, but we're gonna go back to the top right and stay there before we move on down. Villanova, the East region right here. Purdue is the two as we just talked about, and the three four five. Texas Tech is the three. The four is Wichita State, and West Virginia is the five. I know that it's somewhat believed that those two teams could be flipped. Wichita could be the five, and West Virginia could be the four based on the resumes. But I think I do have Villanova and Purdue meeting up here. James, I don't know if you think it's as chalky as that, and I don't know what upsets you're thinking of, but I have a big upset. I've got Stephen F. Austin beating Texas Tech a 14 over a three. We saw Stephen F. Austin. been high on Texas Tech all they year. They don't have Thomas Walkup anymore. I know that. I'm aware <laughs> of that. I, I'm also aware that... Keenan Evans is a little bit banged up with the turf toe. He's getting closer and closer to 100%. The game's in Texas. I, I, like, I like Chris Beard as a head coach. I think he's a great coach. But Stephen F. Austin can get after it defensively just like Texas Tech can get. I think it's going to be a close game coming down to a possession or two. And I, I like Stephen F. Austin over Texas Tech. I, I don't have that pick, but I do. I, did, I watched, actually watched that Southland uh, Conference Championship game against Southeastern Louisiana. And Stephen F. Austin did look good but I'm actually a big advocate of Texas Tech. I was a fan since I watched them last year, and I, I saw they had a lot of, a lot of returning talent, so I'm, I'm very high on Texas Tech. I have them getting to the Sweet 16 in this region. And for Vill- Villanova's sake, if they didn't get bounced by Wisconsin last year in the second round, I would be inclined to maybe pick a Virginia Tech or an Alabama against them in the second round, but I just think they're going to a motivated team a little bit more so than last year. Last year, I... Not just saying some Wisconsin guy, but they got a, a very angry and motivated Wisconsin team that did not deserve an eight seed last year, and that was a horrible second round matchup for Villanova. So I think they're going to take that experience and move forward to a tough Sweet Sixteen matchup with West Virginia and get through that. So yes, I I'm warning you guys, I have a major upset coming, but it's not in this region. I have Virginia, uh, Bill, not Virginia. Villanova against Purdue. I, I like that tease. Good job there, Decker. And uh, it's common. Don't believe me, it's common. <laughs> I have an idea of what it could be. But it's we'll Penn wait. over Kansas. I think, That's it's, my I, take. I think it's Iona over Duke, but let's wait. Oh, both of those would be incredibly <laughs> hot, so stay tuned for that. And, Tom, this Villanova team has been so hit or miss. Since 2009, they've either been a first weekend exit or a last weekend exit. No in-between for them. They're not a team that loses in the Sweet 16 over the last – near decade or so. I mean, Matt, you're our resident Villanova expert, but I think this Villanova team is – 
better than last year. Jalen Brunson is a year better. He's such a good floor general. I said Villanova when they're on, when they're hitting threes at like a fifty percent clip, you can't stop them. They're just and unbelievable. we have a we have a the problem. Absolutely embarrassed Butler in that right. Oh, what a start! And it, and what a start for Butler. What a start for Butler. Nineteen nothing deficit. The problem is, can you get that Villanova team? for six games in a row. You did two years ago. You didn't last year. You haven't got it for a lot of years. I think they're good enough to get to the final four out of this region. But overall, I feel a little hesitant picking them as a national champion just because it's a lot to ask. Obviously, we'll get to that later. But I actually have an upset pick in the bottom half of the bracket. A little little sleeper team making a run. But Matt, I want to make, make, make a comment about Villanova quickly. But I also need to get to Dan about St. Bonaventure in this region. I need to get to James Decker about Butler in this region. So there's a few more things to cover. St. Bonaventure, Dan, they've got to play the extra game. I talked about it at the top of the show. Some teams in the 11-11 play-in games have fared well. Uh, not too long ago, usually one of those teams makes at least the Sweet 16. They've got a tough draw with UCLA, a team that can really go toe-to-toe with them in the guard department. Aaron Holiday is relatively slept on in college basketball. Yeah, Aaron Holiday, great uh, great guard, but guess what? St. Bonaventure has two of them. This will be a 1970 rematch of the game that should have happened. People forget St. Bonaventure has a Final Four appearance. And uh, had Bob Lanier, NBA Hall of Famer, not gotten injured in that game, St. Bonaventure actually would have met UCLA. So plenty of history in this game. But I think that, unfortunately, I think that Bonnie's come short. All season their goal has been to make the tournament. I'm not sure that they have been really seeing past that. And UCLA being, you know, a great program with, with great coaching and just such a deep roster of talent, I think that UCLA comes away with that one. You're picking UCLA over Bonnie? I am, yeah. I know I'm going to catch heat for Dan it, was saying last night that he he thinks that a lot of Bonnie fans are just more happy that Bonnie's It's a happy to in. be there. It's thing. not that they, they don't even care about I Bonnie. don't believe that I for a second. I just said right now, basically. Considering I saw a bracket on Twitter for a Bonnie's fan that had them win the national championship. <laughs> yeah, that so. shows just how like you know crazy some of their takes may be. I just... I, I don't see UCLA uh, losing to St. Bonaventure. I All think right. they'll give them a run for their money. but Mr. Butler Bulldogs, uh, my favorite mascot in the nation, Butler Blue the third, Trippy. I saw him at the Garden watching a few of those games. They've got Arkansas, a team that the Student Section Podcast has been behind at times this year. Good length down Mainly low. They've got, they've got some really good NBA-level talent, at least the, the big guy down low. Daniel Gafford, yeah. 6'11 freshman can really block shots. Butler coming in. Keelan Martin's a good scorer. It's a tough toss-up level game. I think people are leaning Butler right now. I know I'm personally not, but uh, Mr. Butler, chime in. It's a tough matchup. I've also supported Arkansas this year. I think they're a talented team, underrated SEC team. I don't think they get talked about enough. But Butler could be playing the 1997 Bulls, and I would take them to at least win one game in the NCAA (laughs) tournament. And it's going to come down to the secondary guys making shots for Butler. You know Keelan Martin's going to, even if he doesn't have his best game, he'll finish with 18 to 20 points. It's going to come down to guys like Jurgensen, McDermott, Baldwin, those guys making shots. Tyler Weidman plays so hard. Tyler right, Weidman that's my thing. Weidman and, on uh, Gafford. Yeah, if, he's, he, if he stays out of foul trouble, one, he's, gonna, he's one of those guys where if you're, he's on one of your favorite teams, he's automatically like what your favorite player. He works so hard, grabs the quietest, like, 8 to 10 rebounds a game. So I do have Butler advancing, but unfortunately I think Haas always uh, Wyman a little bit too much in that second-round game. But I think do think Butler can squeak one out against Arkansas, but that's tough. Seven. I would much rather have Butler face a team like Nevada as a 7 than Arkansas. Boy, would those be a couple tough assignments for the Butler post players to go from Gafford to Haas and company in uh, back-to-back Yeah, that's the main reason why I only have them going as far as getting to Purdue, unfortunately. I want to give Arkansas some love. I have them going to the Elite Eight. I've been talking them up a lot recently. I I love senior guards who can shoot the three. That's exactly what Jalen Barford and Darrell Macon are. Anton Beard, a senior guard as well, averaging almost 10 points per game. Barford averages 18, making 17. That's a really good trio of guards. Plus, Daniel Gafford inside can grab boards. He's a legit first-round NBA prospect. He's someone that I think can not lock down, but I think can relatively contain Haas down low. I think that's a, that's a tough matchup for Purdue. I'm almost more worried about Butler than I am about Purdue because Butler can really shoot the basketball, and you never know when they get hot. But I think they'll beat Butler. I think they're going to beat Purdue as well. And then I have them meeting Florida in the Sweet 16. And I think that they could get past them a little rematch of the uh, – they just played in the SEC. Arkansas beat Florida. Um, 
in that one. So I think Arkansas is going to get to the Elite Eight. It's kind of a gut call, but they do have a lot of components that I look for. I wish they played a little bit better away from home, but still, I'm rolling Razorbacks to the Elite Eight. That's losing to one more important note about this game, this Arkansas-Butler game, is the battle for we formerly had Rodney Clark on the team. Very important thing. <laughs> That seems like one of the gut picks that Tom is going to change by bracket eight or no, nine. No, I it could be, but I think I'm like locked in on that. Sometimes you got to make picks just once he hits the research enjoy. bracket, he's going to find a yeah. Stat they won't be in my research away. bracket, but my final bracket will probably have Arkansas in the lead eight. So I want you guys to, th- to think about uh, your regional final and and pick for the final four because I keep losing track of it, and I want to do that in a second. But the last team I want to mention in the East region, the upper right, the Florida Gators. Tom, you've got them in the Sweet Sixteen. Dan, Dan wants to talk about them because apparently he has them in the Elite Eight. The thing with them is, the thing with the NCAA tournament is, I know they're a six seed, but every year a team that's seven or lower makes the Final Four, at least for the last however many years that's happened. I know it doesn't seem likely this year if you look at the seven lines and below. I know Florida's a six, but it seems like they could be a team in that range, like a South Carolina last year as a seven. Maybe Florida as a six this year could shock people and get to San Antonio. I don't feel like it, but it seems like you have given them more of a chance than I do. Yeah, I'm not saying they're a Final Four team, but I definitely think they have more potential than teams like uh, West Virginia or even I would go as far to say Texas Tech to make a far run. Should they should they meet in that second-round game? I'm rolling Gators all the way. I think you look at the teams they played this year. They beat Cincinnati. They, held Duke, they lost to Duke in the PK-80 three points. Uh, they beat Auburn, they beat Kentucky twice, and they beat Gonzaga. That's a really good slate. I know Florida has been up and down this year, and they've had a couple – they lost a couple games they shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, at times we were questionable. But I think I think Gators ha- are in a great spot to make some noise. So this you've March got Madness. Villanova over Florida to go to the Final Four? Yep. And I've got Villanova over Purdue to I should to probably say that Villanova was my most easy Final Four pick. Okay. And I have Villanova over Arkansas. All right. I like that. And James? I got Villanova over Purdue. So everybody's got Villanova. It seems like everyone trusts in them. Hopefully their bench can hold up and get all the way through. Uh, Let's move down. We saved the best for last here on the Student Section Podcast, the best region that is, as we continue our preview show for the 2018 NCAA tournament. The Midwest region, getting some echo from Decker's phone over there. Kansas, the number one seed somehow always gets onto that one line, it seems like. They get an Ivy League team in Penn as a 16, which is enticing for some. And let's go down the rest of it because the reason it's such a good region is Duke is the two, Michigan State the three, and then it gets somewhat interesting. Uh, Auburn is not a great four. They haven't been in the tournament for the last 15 years, which is kind of surprising. TCU is, is the six. I skipped over Clemson the five. TCU, their first tournament in 20 years. So teams that you would think have been there more recently in Auburn and TCU really have not. So overall, this region is loaded with teams that have won championships, powerhouse schools. Everyone's eyeing up the Duke-Michigan State potential rematch from earlier this season, which would be a Sweet 16 battle. The thing with me at the top of the bracket, let's keep it with the one seed for a second, Yudoka Azabuki, his health for Kansas is really what, to me, prevents them from an early exit if he's fully healthy. I'm a resident Kansas guy, and I hate this draw for them. I rock chalk Jayhawk. I have him in the starting five. Actually, I've seen Hall in my starting five, too. So I could have two teams meeting in the round of 32. But I think Penn is the best 16 seed that there's been in, like, a little bit of well, time. usually the Ivy League doesn't become the, the Ivy champion doesn't, right, become, doesn't the become the 16. 16. It, it probably should be Lipscomb, and, and Penn should probably right. be a 15. So I don't like that matchup for Kansas. I think Kansas will win. I mean, I'm not going to be the guy to pick a 16 to beat a one for the first time ever, but that's tough. And then NC State, I've talked about Arkansas and NC State are two teams I've talked up a lot recently. NC State, I actually think, is going to beat Seton Hall. I think they could give Kansas a run for their money, too. I do have Kansas making it out of that top region and getting to the Elite Eight, uh, but it is not an easy draw by any stretch of the imagination. It's definitely not an easy draw for Kansas. And, James, that's just another 8-9 game that's super interesting because of the potential for Seton Hall and North Carolina State. Yeah, I do think Seton Hall wins that game. That's last year they got, I believe it was, it was Arkansas in the first round, and they lost in the yeah. 8-9 game. I think they get a little 8-9 redemption, and Tom kind of hinted at it. And I teased that earlier. I think they're going to be playing Penn in that oh second round game. God. Oh, my God. That was kind of anticlimactic. I'm not someone that does it that – I'm not someone that every year, like, picks in just so one year I throw out the wall and it sticks. 
I think that, that Tom hinted at it. That he kind of like ruined my big intro. I said Sorry. And is so misseeded as a 16. I don't know how that they're given a 16. I mean, normally Ivy League teams aren't that low. And they're not just an average Ivy League team. They were pretty much the best team throughout the entire conference throughout the year. I mean, they have guys that can score the rock. I was watching their game. They have A.J. Brodeur, a very fundamentally sound big man who can also step back. I just looked at the three-point percentage. It's 28%. Not that good, but he can make the three-point shot. Brian Bentley can shoot. Darnell Foreman. They have four guys averaging double digits. And I think Kansas, we've seen them enough times get off to a slow start. Even when they beat West Virginia, they got off to a little bit of a slow start. And I think if you get off to a slow start against a 16 seed, people start tweeting. I mean, they can see the tweets. When people start tweeting about it, the crowd gets loud. There starts to be a nervous energy. And I think that Penn... So get it done and make history. I do. I, as soon as I saw that match, I was like, "Wow, this this actually feels like the one that's going to happen." That is. And now that, I, now that I said that, Kansas is going to win by forty-five points and move on to the second round. That's a wild pick, but at least if it happens, you'll be the guy to have it. And if Penn gets all the way to the Final Four, Darnell Foreman, a high school teammate of Villanova's Tim Delaney, Pittman High School state champs in South Jersey, so maybe Tim Delaney and Darnell Foreman could meet up. With a little bit more on the line in the Great in, piece of in a national there. semi, that's pretty cool. I mean, a guy from Penn and a guy from Villanova, if they could see each other South on that big stage, South Jersey stand up. But a wild pick, I think, to pick Penn. I, I don't. Hey, I mean, Tom did hint that it could. I'm be sure Tom match, will have that. I have. Can, I, I'm. I, I rock chalk Jayhawk too much. Tom will have Kansas, one hate pen, pen pick in one of his. Well, I mean, I brackets. do fill out like 30 brackets on ESPN just so I could get a good chance of getting a perfect bracket. But regardless, we this is my bracket that we'll talk about. I have Kansas over Penn. And who, the last crazy upset that I did take in a bracket, and it didn't work, it was close, but to this extent was I picked Belmont over Virginia two years ago, and they lost by like six. The last time I had a wild upset ticket, they at least showed up. I do think Penn keeps it close. I really do think that. They're, they're a good team. I watched them a couple times this year. I was surprised that Belmont didn't win their conference, but – Really, honestly, if you're still listening at this point, who would have thought Darnell Foreman would have had his name dropped now three times before Trey Young had his name dropped once in the Midwest region? <laughs> and Dave Brodora got mentioned before. <laughs> so I, I guess we're not ESPN in that regard, but we'll drop down to the bottom of the bracket with Duke and Iona, Rhode Island and Oklahoma, then we'll clean things up in the middle where I think some upset damage could really happen. People are all over in New Mexico State right now, including myself. I think Duke will have no trouble with Iona. Sorry, can't show any New York love to them. But Rhode Island, I've got representing the A-10 and taking out Oklahoma. I, I just I think Trey Young could pour in a lot of points. But Rhode Island, I really like Jared Terrell at, at the guard position. And I think, I we guess... I know you like Stanford Robinson, too. <laughs> yeah, Stanford Robinson is one of the best defensive players in the entire country. Who draws Trey Young in man-to-man? Jared Terrell or... Or Stanford Robinson's got some Stanford length. Robinson is their best. The Stanimal, I don't know. He, he's a guy that's had, had a couple seven, seven steals. Steel games. Yeah, yeah, a couple seven steal games in his career. I like Rhode Island here. I don't know which direction you guys are going. Well, I gotta. Well, I just realized all three of my starting five teams that made the tournament are in this region: Kansas, Seton Hall, and Oklahoma. I'm gonna go Oklahoma to beat Rhode Island. Uh, I think Oklahoma's been through a lot of adversity recently. Rhode Island's not playing that well. Obviously, Oklahoma isn't. But I think Oklahoma shows up. I think they're playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think Trey Young has a big game. I think he's got that big game mentality. I think they will beat Rhode Island. I agree. I I think that there's always a team every tournament where everyone is like, why did this team get in? Why did this team get in? They don't deserve it. And they go ahead and win about two games in the tournament. I remember UCLA two years ago with Bryce Bryce Alford. They they were they needed the eleven play in, and everyone's like, I don't know how this team made it. And I think they made it to the Sweet Sixteen that year and lost to Gonzaga. You just said I think, you just said they they get in and they win two games. You don't have Oklahoma beating Duke, do you? I do not have Oklahoma beating Duke. I okay. have them beating URI. I do think they'd have enough to beat URI. I think Oklahoma's a team where I've just, I mean, if Trey Young shoots well, they have a chance to win no matter who they're playing. And I think they'll just shoot well enough to beat. They'll have about 35 points, and they'll beat URI and lose handily to Duke. But I do think that Oklahoma is that team where everyone questions why they're in, so they just automatically win one game just because of that reason. That's my NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, that that logic uh, definitely strikes me as well, but not so much for Oklahoma. That's I'm gonna get to that that pick later in this bracket, but I do think Oklahoma is gonna beat URI. To me, it just comes down to play like competition that they've played this year. URI has struggled in the late half of their season, and quite frankly, it's not been as good as competition as Oklahoma has been facing. Also, you're talking about Trey Young, National Player of the Year candidate. I do not see URI, I know they have pretty good defense, but I do not see them being able to contain him fully to the extent that he has been contained in the late half of his season. So I think I think Oklahoma wins, and I think Oklahoma is actually going to give Duke uh, a, a fight in the second round. Give him a fight or beat him? I think Duke wins, but I think Oklahoma is going to hang around. So we all trust Duke to advance. We'll come back to what I think Quick all— Quick shout-out to Tim Kloos, Iona coach, Floral Park legend. Got to shout him out every Wait, did podcast. we get a Tyler Trillo shout-out? Oh, no, we didn't. I all picked right. them to the Final Tyler Four. Tyler Trillo shout-out. That's that. Give, give me a clean one, so I'll edit it back into our yeah. Arizona talk. Shout-out my guy Tyler Trillo. Good luck to Arizona this year. I'm probably not going to edit it out of this part right there, but we'll keep Seems it going. like too much work. Yeah, we'll have our interns get on that. I think we're all going to come back to an eventual Michigan State-Duke Sweet 16 game, uh, but to get to that point, Michigan State would have to beat in the second round uh, the winner of the winner of the winner of Arizona State, Syracuse, and TCU. Syracuse, Dan, is, is in. New York team, most people think they shouldn't be in. I like Arizona State to not only beat Syracuse, but also to beat TCU. I have that same exact thing. And when you look at playing games, they always win two games. So not only do they win the playing game, but a lot of times these teams go on to win. And it's the shocking next that it's not Bonnie's well. for you thinking. Well, that here, here's a stat for you. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but let's go stat time. The the winner is typically, I believe, like majority of the time from the Wednesday night playing game. St. Bonaventure and uh, UCLA is the Tuesday night playing game. Arizona and Syracuse is the Wednesday night game. These are both high major teams that I think are capable of inflicting a lot of damage on TCU. Uh, you know, Jamie Dixon obviously did a great job with the program, but you know, this is a team that has not been to the tournament in 20 years since Jamie Dixon played. So I'm big on tournament experience, and I think Syracuse maybe gets the win and, and knocks off TCU. But you know what? I could also see the Sun Devils doing it. So I'm fairly confident with that pick. Yeah, but, I have whoever wins that beating TCU. But then we all have Michigan State meeting up with Duke, right? Yeah, but Correct. I do think that that 11 seed could give Michigan State a run. You look at you look at how Michigan State's performed in the last couple of years. Middle Tennessee was a team very high that knocked them out. What were they, 15-2 upset? Yep, yep. So, yeah, Two Michigan, years ago when everyone picked Michigan State right, to win the national championship. Right as a two seed. So I, I do want to come back to that Michigan State Duke game, but we've got to clean up the middle of the bracket where things can get interesting with higher seeds or, or lower seeds, I should say. Uh, Charleston's a 13 against Auburn, a four. New Mexico State's a 12 against Clemson, the five. I've got New Mexico State winning two games. I got New Mexico State in the Sweet 16. Only five losses this year. Good defensive team led by a star player. Drawing a blank Zach on his name. Lofton. There you go. Can score the basketball, but more importantly, they get after it on defense. We'll get to Decker on this, but I think you, you have them Sweet 16. I don't know if Dan has the upset as well, but Tom and I, you're, we're feeling good about New Mexico State. I actually didn't even think that was like this is that hard of a pick. I mean, I was going to pick against whoever played Clemson pretty much, you know, whoever played basically. Are you going to pick like South Dakota State on the other side of the, the over Ohio bracket? State? Yeah, because yeah, we've been saying pick against Ohio State and pick against yeah. Clemson and, for the longest time, and, and both drew, of them drew tough two matchups. Two tough 12s, yeah, Mike Dom. Uh, for South Dakota State, but yeah, Zach Lofton and Jamario Jones inside. At a he gets like machine, 12 rebounds a game. 13.2 rebounds per wow. game. 11 points. They play good defense. 28 and 5 this year. I'm really high on them. I think that they beat Clemson ever since Grantham got hurt. They haven't been the same team. And then I think they could beat Auburn too. Um, they had an injury earlier this year. Macklemore is out. I'm not crazy not the rapper. About Auburn. <laughs> I think it's Macklemore, but they're undersized. Remember, that's the slogan for Auburn this year. Every analyst everywhere, Auburn's undersized, but. Uh, New Mexico State also averages over 40 rebounds a game in part because of Jones. So I like New Mexico State to win a couple of games. And I think it didn't matter for me. I still had Kansas if Azabuki is healthy getting to the Elite Eight. I don't know how the top of the bracket shakes out for for James Decker because obviously he had the big 16 over one upset for Penn. So what's going on up top for you? I have Seton Hall advancing to pass Penn. I have 10 Cinderella run ending at just the Kansas upset. I have Seton Hall. And then I do have the New Mexico State upset even though it was one of those cases where I liked New Mexico State so much to take the upset that I thought it was almost too obvious. So I thought I feel the same way. Through. So I have still the classic Seton Hall Auburn matchup in the, re- <laughs> in the <laughs> wow. finals. Another the storied finals. rivalry. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, at, I'm looking at the number for uh, 
25% on ESPN so far have picked New Mexico State to beat Clemson. That's, that's lower it. than I thought. Yeah, That's way lower than I thought. Wow. I, I might be looking like, at the wrong now, thing. Now I'm taking New Mexico State for sure. I think in that's pools, more people, more, more people have New Mexico State. I think ESPN, I mean, that's like millions of people. I think in like more hardcore pools, like bracket pools. Yeah, this is the tournament challenge page when it's pretty much all chalk because of the amount of people right. that just fill it out based on the seating. So that's that. Let's wrap up our regional final here, and then maybe we can make our I don't know if we're even ready to make championship picks, but we'll try. And then I am. We have a, two or three questions that were submitted by some loyal listeners to cover at the end of the show in the last few minutes. I've got Duke. Oh, we didn't even talk about this Duke-Michigan State game. So before we go regional final, let's talk about that because they played earlier this year. They played in very early in the season. It was an 87-81 Duke win. So this just enforces my Duke over Michigan State Sweet 16 pick even more. That they won that game by six points, and Marvin Bagley only played ten minutes, the first ten minutes of the game, due to injury. So how is how is Michigan State going to be able to stop a healthy Bagley and the, everybody else, including Bolden and, and Carter for Duke down low, when they just have Jaron Jackson? I I don't see how Duke can can get knocked off by Michigan State. I'm a little wary of everyone picking Michigan State to go this far in this tournament. You, I have Duke. I have Duke beating Michigan State in that game, and I have Duke beating. The, the Seton Hall Auburn winner. We haven't quite decided yet because I deep down I think I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think about it that 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 much. But I do have Duke coming out of this bracket for mainly those reasons. The depth I think it's just too much. I think a lot of it has to go wrong and not make it to at least regional final here. Yeah, I agree. I just look at Duke uh, Michigan's numbers versus top twenty-five. A concerning two and four. I know Duke's only three and three, but it just seems like Duke has played much more, much better talent. You Michigan look, State's numbers. Yeah. Well, no. Duke. Duke's three and three. Michigan State's. Two you said and Michigan. Four. I was just clarifying. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah, say yeah. Michigan State. No, I think you said Michigan. I just wanted to. You just. I'm looking at the teams that they their notable results on the ESPN tab here, and honestly, I'm kind of underwhelmed. They lost to Duke by seven. They beat North Carolina by eighteen. Purdue, they won by three. They lost to Michigan twice. They lost to Ohio State by 16. Those, to me, are not very, like, they're, I'm not being sold on, on Michigan those results. St- Michigan State only has two wins over tournament teams this year, and it's Purdue and North Carolina. This That's du- it. This Duke-Michigan State game is one that I think a lot of people are looking forward to, and I feel like every year there's one of those games that everyone looks forward to that just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, I I'm get the feeling, it too. to happen just because I don't know what else I would pick. But I have a gut feeling that it's not going to end up happening. I think it's more likely maybe Michigan State gets knocked off because I'm really more confident in Duke. But for whatever reason, I will have them going. Just I don't know what. But I would not be surprised if we don't get this much uh, anticipated matchup. But I've got Duke getting past Michigan State. Duke to me is the best team in the country. They have the most NBA talent. They have a senior guard in Grayson Allen that's already won a national championship. Ever since they've made the switch to the 2-3 defense, they're a very good defensive team. Seventh best defensive team in the country per Ken Palm. Third best offensive team. They offensive, their offensive rebound, rebound percentage excuse me, is the best in the country. They foul less than any team in the country. They shoot the three well but aren't overly relying on it. And they got a great coach in Coach K. They check a lot of boxes for me. And I hate the lack of depth. If they had like even one or two more capable guys off the bench, they'd be an easy, easy pick for me. But even as is, I'm picking them to beat Michigan State and then to beat Kansas in the Elite Eight and get to the Final Four. Not a big Andrew O'Connell guy, apparently. Maybe we'll get a battle of the Hurley brothers in the Sweet 16 instead with Arizona State and Rhode Island. That seems a little bit less likely, but I, I've got Duke beating Kansas. As long as Azabuki's healthy, I mean, we'll find out more about that soon. I've got Duke with his own beating Michigan State and then beating Kansas as well to get to the Final Four, and I don't think we got Final Four picks for everyone in this region. I have Duke over Kansas. Yeah, I didn't give mine. I'm going Duke as well. I think Duke. I have Duke over Kansas as well. I just think Kansas has a pretty good uh, walk to the to the Elite Eight there. But Duke, I've been high on all season. One of my starting five teams, and I agree with everything Tom said. They check a lot of boxes, and uh, the only concern I have is that th- could this be a Duke? You know, uh, upset of years it's past where we team. just see. Yeah, I mean, it's Marvin easy to say Bagley that now, is but like I think you have like an Anthony Davis type showing in yeah, this tournament. I mean, I I do have a hard time seeing Duke lose it before the Final Four, but I'm going Duke over Kansas in the Elite Eight. And James has Duke over the winner of Auburn and Seton Hall, which yeah, I'll say Duke over Auburn. And for the same reason, I liked Villanova. Duke getting upset last year in the second round. I just think they don't. It doesn't happen to them again. And like just like North Carolina last year, there's something about just a chip on the shoulder revenge factor in a tournament team. 
North Carolina obviously had it with losing the national championship last year. I think Villanova has it by losing in the second round. I think Duke has it by losing in the second round. But I really like Duke and Villanova on this whole side of the bracket. I'm actually surprised that all four of us have Duke coming out of the Midwest. I thought for sure someone... no way it's going to happen. <laughs> well, Tom has been saying for weeks now, and it kind of got in my head, I think, that this is going to be a Duke year where they win it all and everyone looks back and says, how did we not pick Duke to win it all? So I don't want to fall in that camp. At least right now, as we said, it's Monday night heading into this week's NCAA tournament. So we've all got Duke in the Final Four, and we've all got them facing Villanova in the Final Four. Yeah, so four. let's just each give maybe our Final Four picks exactly to refresh. So I have Virginia, Michigan, Villanova, Duke. And I have Kentucky, Gonzaga, Villanova, and Duke as well. And James, you have the same as Tom, if, if I'm not mistaken. No, he is. I Michigan, Michigan to Gonzaga just to not be the same as Tom. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you've got Gonzaga. Great minds think alike. You've got Gonzaga, Virginia, Villanova, Duke. Yeah, I'll go with that. My my bracket theory is usually crazy in the beginning, chalk in the end. That's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, I've trust these four teams. This is my final four. I've got UNC, I've got Arizona top left, UNC in the West on the bottom left, uh, Villanova and Duke on the right side. So let's make our picks. I'm not really done making my final four picks yet. I think these are super important for points. Having the right teams meet in the championship, having the right national champion, sure. maybe distinguishing yourself from the rest of the crowd in your pool with who's going to win the game, because I know sometimes it comes down to a lot of people have one team in the championship, maybe not both. So having the champion is huge points-wise. We all have the Villanova-Duke matchup. I think that would be super interesting. I don't know when the last time they've played each other was. doesn't seem like it's been for a while. Everyone, was, everyone, wanted, it everyone last wanted it last year in New York at the Garden. Didn't come to fruition with Duke bowing out to South Carolina and Villanova losing to Wisconsin. But this year, it seems more likely that it could happen in San Antonio at the Final Four. Villanova has a has a swagger about them. I don't know if they have a beat Duke swagger about them. Interesting. Uh, I'm a little surprised that you're saying that as a resident cat. Yeah, I'm. As of right now, this moment, uh, ten is it ten o'clock already, or to my yeah, computer? Yeah, ten o six. Oof. Uh, <laughs> I I've as of this moment, ten o'clock on Monday in the Final Four. I've got Duke beating Villanova. Wow. I do as well. I, I Look, I've been the one saying it for like two or three weeks now. Duke has that feel of a team. They're going to win it all, and whoever didn't pick them is going to You gonna brainwashed at, me. They're going to look at their bracket, and they're going to be like, did I really not pick a team that has maybe the best college basketball player in the country, Marvin Bagley? Aiden's way better. Well, whatever. Agreed. Grayson Allen, a national champion who's just got that swagger about him, who's got that big game way about What a him. way to go out for him. National champ yeah, as a freshman, national champ as a Wendell senior. Wendell Carter, another, is going to be a first-round pick. Gary Trent Jr. can't play defense to save his life, but he's been saved by the zone. He can knock down threes. They just have a lot going for them. Uh, Trayvon Duval has kind of been disappointing, but he could still pass the One thing to ball. note, horrible free-throw shooter. Duval is yeah. 55% from Grayson the line. Allen. Just get it into Grayson Or Trent. Allen. Or Trent. Yeah, and Bolden off the bench. I think maybe one more guy off the bench can be big. That's all I want. Alex I want O'Connell. five <laughs> to play well, Bolden to do what he does, and then one guy, sort of like Grayson Allen a few years ago, crazy, like, sort of random guy off the bench to have a big game at some point that propels Duke. Duke, they just have that feel. I'm going Duke over Villanova. James, are you going to support your guy, Matt Massimino, and send the Cats through to the championship? I'll spoil it right now. In the, in the first year of the Matt Massimino era of Villanova, the Villanova Wildcats will be the national champions. Let's say that right now. And how much of a percentage is that the work that he does? Uh, 98%. <laughs> 2% Jay Wright. No, so, 1% Jay Wright, 1% Kowalski. So con convince me that Villanova is going to beat Duke. I just When Villanova is on, like we just saw against Butler, I don't see how they can lose. You saw them, like, I remember at, at Xavier, they just did not, they have games where they do not miss shots. How about the game against Marquette? I was there when they played Marquette in the Big East tournament. Everyone's like, oh, Marquette, Howard, and, and uh, Rousey, they live and die by the three. Villanova hit more than more threes than Marquette did, I believe, in that game. They were well over double digits in, in three-point field goals made. So when they're shooting it well, they can – and Brunson, I mean, if it's a Brunson-Trayvon Duval matchup, people forget these are all mostly freshmen for Duke outside of Grayson Allen, and Villanova's got some veteran leadership. So it's a good point, and I don't know if we're going to split this Duke-Villanova game or if we're going to go 3-1 Duke. Really? We're splitting it. All I'm right. going cats, and here's why. Also, do you guys know which fan base is rooting to get this Duke Villanova Duke matchup more than anything? The student section. The St. John's fan base. They oh yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. One week. 
Tom is a former St. John's fan. I'm a still St. John's guy. <laughs> Don't live too far from St. John's. They, I mean, they, they had one more win in the Big East. They might have been on the bubble almost because they had a pair of wins that no one else could really stack up against this season. They, 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 I they thought got, they were going to win the Big East tournament. They maybe. got hot way too late in the year. If they just won a couple of the games, like home against DuPaul, home against Providence, they were a tournament team. They just they went to like 0-11 to start their Big East season. You can't yeah, make that's, it that a bad, that's a big hole to dig and into. And St. John's has gotten into the student section podcast about the NCAA tournament. <laughs> <laughs> we are in New York. So Dan's got uh, us leveling the field here with this pick, two yeah. against two. I'm going Villanova, and I think, I mean, Duke and Villanova, should they match in the uh, in the right side of the bracket? I just think that Duke obviously has more talent on the roster, but at the end of the day, I just see Nova winning this game. I don't know why. I just think that when Nova is hot, like James said, they it seems like they are the best team by a significant amount. They got shooters who can score from pretty much anywhere on the floor. They're very versatile. Again, I, I just think Villanova is the most well-rounded team. So I'm going Villanova in this one, and I, actually as my national champion as well. And this has got to be what? This is our 21st episode of Season 2. How many episodes do we have? At least 20 last year. So we're like almost 50 episodes into this podcast, and I've been saying Villanova as the national champion for both seasons. So <laughs> I, I think by the end of this week or by the tournament starting, I might change my pick to Villanova and have them winning the whole thing. But right now my gut's just telling me that they would shy away from so your official this pick. competition. Yeah, I'm holding myself to these picks. No, I, I'm an official pick kind of guy like my bracket is done all the way to the final four I just haven't really dug into that Villanova Duke matchup yet in terms of personnel well, you're, you're gonna roll Duke for section purposes so like if we come on next episode even if your official bracket is Nova you have to well like, you haven't even hardly made Duke. any picks because you're like I'm you all four I'm, things down. I'm, I've got my final four set I'm pretty confident I'm all for making uh, minor changes to your bracket I think that's just human nature I mean, changing who gets to the championship game is not a minor change yeah, but it's not locked in yet. I haven't Fair submitted enough. anything. Fair I enough. haven't <laughs> submitted anything to a pool yet. I, I'm not going to put in multiple entries or anything like that. I'm just yeah. That's a that's if a you look at it. Move. I've got the old school sheet of paper, just not filled out with the it. semifinal yet. All right. Now that we have that settled, <laughs> quickly so we can get to these questions uh, and round out the episode here. Arizona UNC is my other semifinal. I don't think UNC will get back to the national championship game, so I would have Arizona meeting. I guess in this case, Duke, and I'd probably pick Duke to win it all, so the Duke-Villanova winner would be my champ. What about you guys on the other side meeting up with uh, your winner of the I have previous one? Virginia-Michigan. I don't really love picking either of these teams to get to the championship, but that whole left side is just kind of weak for me. I Virginia's never won was, the national championship. Yeah, and I hate picking two teams from the same conference to get the championship. And I already have Duke. I'm just looking back at the list. I can't tell the last time it's happened. It's been way – I don't think it's happened in the 2000s. It hasn't happened in the 21st century, unless I'm looking at something wrong here, where two teams from the same conference have met in the championship game. And I can see Michigan maybe getting if – if they do get to the Final Four, being hot enough to shoot some threes and knock out Virginia. But I think Virginia is a safer bet to get there. So I'm going – Virginia-Duke is my official championship game. And I think that the young and talented, flashy play of Duke beats out the boring, whatever you want to call it, defensive play of Virginia. Two really contrasting styles. And I think Duke beats they, they Virginia. Played and I know that 65-63, one meeting this year. Cameron, but I think Duke gets revenge. This is a Duke year. I know I'm going to have Duke win it all. I'm a little up in the air who they'll be oh, beating. Can't change your semifinal I pick. Know, can't change I know, your semifinal pick. But I'm pick. going Virginia. Student section purposes, Duke over Virginia. Lock it in. Dan, you want to go before James? I, I think Gonzaga gets back to the finals. To me, they're a team that's being overlooked in the West, and uh, I, ju I just think that, you know. Perkins uh, is real solid. Jonathan Perkins, Williams. Jonathan you saw those Williams, guys up close and personal that's this right. year. And uh, I think that, that Gonzaga continues to be a team that people are sleeping on. I think they're a very dangerous four seed. The thing with them is they played Villanova earlier this year. You were at that game, and right. they didn't stand a chance in that game, but that's early in the season. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And it seems like Mark Few has a way of getting his teams to like develop significantly throughout the season. So I think, I think Gonzaga is going to not only get to the Final Four, but I think that should they get to the Final Four, the, their national or not the national championship, the national championship game will be uh, they will attend. So they'll I, attend. <laughs> I got Nova. I got Nova beating them in the national. They'll championship RSVP game, and, so. and lose to Cats Villanova. over Gonzaga. You heard it. Cats over dogs. You heard it here oh, first. Oh, like that. There's a bulldog named Winston in South Jersey. Well, you're that crazy like if you that. pick dogs. You're crazy if you actually pick cats over dogs. Like oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. Bulldog, definitely the best mascot. James, who do you have meeting Villanova in the championship? I got Cats over the Cavs. Virginia gets in, and Villanova outshoots 
was able to outshoot the pack line just enough to win about 61-59 some in the course game. Some New York boys would be going at it. Eric Pascal against Ty Jerome. That, that, that would be something. That's kind of one of the reasons why I put this matchup. I think it would be great for Westchester County. And a quick shout-out. We know you're assistant freshman basketball coach at Stepanak High School, so you guys just won a championship. You want to give a little love to them? That top to bottom, Stepanak basketball program's on the rise. There's at least, I want to say, within the entire program, varsity through freshman, there are probably 10 players that will eventually be playing in the, in this tournament. There's wow. that much talent at Stepanak wow. right now. Yeah. Not only, and you're really going to be coaching in it one day, Decker. What? You're going to be coaching in it one day. I appreciate that. Uh, Ty Jerome's little brother Kobe was on my freshman team. Great point guard, plays just like his brother. So we've get, we're we're not we're not only the official podcast of Rusty Regal. What else are we the official Tyler podcast Trillo, of? Tyler Trillo, Quinn walk Hooker, on in Arizona, UND basketball. And we're now the official podcast of Stepanak High School basketball as well. So yeah. it seems like they have a bright future. So it's I'll gladly assign that tag. Year, Alan Griffin leads Illinois to the term under my one of my favorite coaches, Brad Underwood. He's going to be a great fit in the spread offense. You heard it here first, Illinois next year. So I, I like that little tie, tie in all the ends here. Uh, we did answer one of the three questions I got. I had a question from someone about Arkansas Butler. We kind of covered that earlier in the show, just so we can round out this episode. Um, there's two questions to pick from, from a loyal Villanova listener, at Liz Klotzbach on Twitter, big fan of the student section, friend of the program. She asked how many points Villanova would win the national championship by. Don't think we'll uh, we'll cover that one. Points, it's tough. I, how many of us had Villanova? We James was the only one that had Villanova winning, right? Or you I, had, I had, I had Nova. Nova. Oh, so you both did. So I, you think it's going to be a James blowout had or what? Two points already. Two. That's what James had. Yeah. I'm going to say six points. I think it's it's going to be dis- it's going to be a close game, but then maybe some intentionally fouling. Six points. I'll say they lose to Duke by six. And I'm still undecided if I'm going to send them to the championship or not. All right, last question. She also wants to know, who's the lowest-seeded team that will pull an upset in the tournament in first round? We did cover some upsets, so I just need to look at the numbers here. Uh, James, did you pick Buffalo as a 13? I did not. I think it would be, going to be a very tough Oh, we match. already answered our own question. Penn as a 16, according to James. We're oh, not yeah, all going to agree with that. Us, but We're not going to all agree with Marshall that. Marshall over Wichita State's a popular pick. Marshall plays really fast under D'Antoni. And I think that could give Wichita State trouble. They struggled against the fast-paced Oklahoma and Trey Young in December. I will pick Wichita State, but that's the only 13 pick that I like. And I'll have a couple 12s winning in South Dakota State and New Mexico State. I've got a couple 12s as well, the same 12s. And I've got a 14 with Stephen F. Austin. The 12-5 upset is not what it once was, according to stats in recent years' history. But I'm going the – new, the new upset to watch for is 11-6. I already mentioned – These millennials, man, they can't just enjoy the 12-5 upset. <laughs> my, my bracket's going to be all sabermetrics-based. But I think the 11 seed, whoever wins between Arizona State and Syracuse, that is my upset pick. That's my highest-seeded upset, so the 11 over the 6. I think maybe every team should just get a piece of the National Championship trophy participation award for everyone. Stop. <laughs> Now that's going to do it for us. James, thanks for so much for giving us some time. It's really fun talking in tournament with you. We'll have to do it again next year when all of us will be alums, which is a crazy thought. None of us will be holding it down in, in this studio probably at that point. Pretty uh, crazy, sure. crazy yeah. thing to think about. But it's going to be a fun week, and Thursday is my favorite day of the year ahead of – so my favorite day of the year is the first day of the NCAA tournament on, on that Thursday, followed by – Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. I, was, I thought Christmas Eve got the bump down. I thought you said you were unimpressed with Christmas Eve. And the oh, first yeah. Day so Christmas Eve got the bump down to three. And my, my second favorite day of the year is the first day of the spring where it's warm outside so and you have a sweatshirt on, you take it off, and you're like, wow, it's officially warm for the rest of the year. Technically, your top two could fall on the same day. Well, it's we're supposed to get a nor'easter this week, so I don't think the I know, first day I'm of spring this, is going to be. Not this year, but it could Thursday. hypothetically one day. Yeah, fair It'd enough. Like the greatest fair day enough. ever. But Thursday, what an ending to this podcast. <laughs> we're all looking forward to Thursday for different reasons. For me, it's just it's better than Christmas Eve. So that's that. That does it for episode number 21 of season two of the student section. For James Decker on the phone and my co-hosts, Tom Scabelli, Dan DiOrio in the studio, I'm Matt Murphy. Be a fan of the student section. Happy, happy moment, happy, happy moment, happy, happy